Here we are, the county's best kept secret tour podcast here with Andrew Frank. We're on our way to Albuquerque from uh, Oklahoma State. We don't go for like a week. We're going to be in Albuquerque for a week. Don't make me laugh. Now we just go secret tour stuff. Um, we spent a couple days apart. Now we're back together. Uh, here we are. What's going on? Oh, good. This will be a fun podcast for an hour. <laughs> so I got into a pretty intense conversation last night uh, with someone about porn. And I, what I thought was a, a conversation where we were like uh, stating various viewpoints, I quickly found out was a conversation where this person had basically made up their mind that porn um, changes the way people have sex. And I thought they were speaking on behalf of themselves, but it turns out they were speaking uh, on behalf of how other people have sex with them. Okay. Which, I, which, after almost an hour of the conversation and realizing where we're at, uh, I wasn't sure was a fair statement. Nobody can tell me how I have sex based on my porn habits. You can tell me how you have sex based on your porn habits. But I don't know. Where, where do you, how do you feel about porn? That's uh, a difficult thing. I mean, I think, ultimately, I think it's a problem because it makes things too easy. What makes what too easy? Well, uh, technology in our uh, modern culture has made us have easy access to things that you're supposed to go earn. So biologically, you're supposed to go earn some sex. You're supposed to earn a mate. Um, you know, whoever that is. And uh, now you don't have to put any actual work into it. You just click a button and then you feel all the things that... I mean, it's very confusing to the you brain. Do f- you feel all the things? Not all, all the things, but... Um, for the amount of effort that you put in, like, you know, because we're, I mean, almost every organism tries to conserve energy, so, um, what's, you know, a better way to conserve energy than to just, instead of actually going out and finding, you know, spending time finding someone to have that experience with, than to just seriously sit there and click on a thing, and yeah, it's very confusing to the brain, but, and it's very rewarding to the brain, um, but I think it's detrimental to your actual life. But I don't... Uh, I don't put the two together. I don't know if you can separate them. I don't. I don't use porn or masturbation in place of sex. Uh, to an extent, I mean everyone. Does. Sure, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't stop the need for a connection uh, and, a, and a sexual interaction. It doesn't dead those things. Uh, it just. It's like a, a temporary solution. You know, I always like the way Louis C.K. Said, said it. You know, for men, it's just like, release a little bit of the PSI. Yep. So got to get the, the, the danger levels down. Um, yeah, I have no issue with masturbation. I think that's a, a very um, logical thing for us to do. But uh, the way we do it is probably not all right. What? All the stuff we get mixed up in that, you know? What do we get yeah, mixed you, up? Sh- you should... Uh, uh, you know, your body's making sperm cells all the time. You should get rid of some of them. You know, your body's going to get rid of them either way. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't do it, you, then you're going to wake up in a puddle. Yeah. Uh, so we need to get rid of them. Uh, preferably not inside of another person. Uh, don't do that. Um, as, as much as your body wants you to do that. Yeah. Um, there are way too many people. There already are. Okay. That's that's what's so funny. It's like there's so many people, and we're like. We're trying to be careful. <laughs> we're trying to not overpopulate. We're not doing a very good job. No, we're not doing a good job at all. Um, 
no problem. Well, I don't masturbate, but I do. I don't know. Like, porn. I'm, it's interesting. You've been talking to porn stars so much. Yeah. So that's such a side note. I have. I've started a podcast called Porn Stars with People, and this is the thing. Uh, the goal of that podcast is to talk to porn stars and not talk about the adult industry because I don't want to. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of the boy. You know, like, I don't want. I don't want to watch videos of chickens being murdered, and I don't want to know about the psychological toll that yeah. the porn industry takes. And then I don't want to know. It's just that that's not. I don't know. I guess I'm yeah. afraid of it a little bit. Um, so in any industry that large, there's going to be a variety of experiences. So I'm sure, sure. There, I'm sure there is a portion that uh, that enjoys their work. Uh, as they are self-actualized individuals. Yeah. Uh, that that's really what they want to do. And that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the difference between that person and the people that are trapped in, in, a, in a system that is very brutal and. Um, yeah. I never told you, but the, one of the one of the things that I thought when I started the podcast was that there are parallels to the two, to our industry and their industry. I think it's relatively the same size. I think uh, there's something interesting about it: the fact that if you just stay in porn or comedy for ten years, you're a veteran, and you get and you get pay increases. Um, you know, and I and I think. Accessibility-wise, I think it's it's about the same. They all know each other, and as outsiders, it's harder to reach. So that was, you know, these were all things that I that I was trying to draw on when I when I came up with. But the do you think it's something that you can like evolve your skill set uh, over a you know over a twenty-year career? A porn star? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think yes because I think the as a veteran you, you're accessible to more things and and as you build a following and this is what's interesting about entertainment industries if you just build a following then you have a career in something else afterwards so a lot of porn stars have moved their way into well they go to stand-up well now they're going to stand-up right and that, again, that was the original one was i was like oh all these all these porn stars are doing comedy i can just reach all of them yeah, that's, no, that's everyone's last attempt they do stand-up they do they can, um they can, they can get 200 people in a room yeah the, uh, Jesse Jane, I, I uh, interviewed yesterday, has 1.2 million Instagram followers. If I had 1.2 million Instagram followers, I could walk into any comedy club in the country and go, "Hey, uh, I'll post this show. Let me get some time." Yeah, and that's how I, industry. I was thinking about this the other day uh, about like I kind of have an aversion to all that social. Yeah, you hate social media stuff because it's very new, and it, I don't know. And I think it, if we're talking about rewards, we're, we're talking about think rewards. It's evil. Well, I don't think it's evil. Uh, but I think if we're talking about reward systems in your brain, uh, I think we've hijacked this thing, and it's uh, it's very similar to the to the porn thing, where it's like how many likes did I get? Yeah, how many likes? Well, and it's like, and it actually prevents you from maybe uh, going out and getting those real chemicals from real experience. Real likes, real yeah. real likes. Yeah. No one really I, likes. You. I have fifteen thousand um, Facebook friends, and none of those people yeah. will be at my wedding. But anyway, I was thinking about like <laughs> you know, uh, you know, historically, you look at these like. Rebellious geniuses in comedy. It's like I was thinking, like, would would Lenny Bruce have an Instagram right now? If he were alive right, right now, would he? Right, he wouldn't. One? He wouldn't. I don't think he would. He wouldn't. Well, so then look at who. Well, so but who, then it's like, so are we just gonna miss out on all the new Lenny well, Bruce? So who's the guy? Well, so, well, so who's the guy? Like, like, can we say Bill Burr's the guy on, in that in that uh, scope? I, I suppose I don't know what he's doing. And he and he and, and he has four, he has four slash five Instagram posts. I just looked the other day because Nate Bargatze was on the road with him. Nate posted 25 pictures with him and, with him and uh, Bill Burr at Daytona, and Bill Burr post has, has one. I think he has one Instagram post from like six years ago. Yeah, um, I, man, because I, 
I guess my but point then is like, he if, has if, a podcast. Yeah. So true. it's like, you know, and, and, and that's but a podcast makes a lot of sense. Well, that's I mean, what that, I think is like ultimate freedom. That's, well, that's like, what I think is interesting is I, there's not, there's not, there's no, like you have freedom on your Instagram page to post whatever you want, your Twitter page to whatever you want. Right? Um, I guess so, but you're still a, a slave to the, the fact that you got to put up content all the time. You know, that you don't have to. You that, do whatever you want. Uh, that's you know part of why I I, I shy away from it is because I I have I don't want to be taken out of the moment by me capturing the moment. Yeah. You know? Like we I went to the wildlife reserve. We didn't take one picture out there, and it was awesome. Yeah. Very picture worthy. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't show anyone else that. Yeah. You know? That it was for us to experience. Sure. But see, but that, but you did that as a like you did that in like uh, uh, as a rebellious thing. No, it was just like why is it anyone else's business? De- Devin Self Storage. I wonder if it's the same company. I bet it is. One company. There's only six companies that own everything out here in Oklahoma. Anyway, um, we've diverted away from the conversation. Well, it's not rebellious to not take pictures. It's just that's just that should be the default thing. It, but if you but but if, if, but if we're having, people are supposed to live. But if we're having this conversation afterwards and you're like, well, it's freeing to not take a picture. Then I mean, in, in a sense, it is, isn't it? it wouldn't have been as enjoyable if we were like trying to find them. I mean, I even mentioned like there was this amazing mountain. It was like yeah. the sun was the coolest. And I, I was thinking about people who, and I know it doesn't really work this way, but I, like it looked like a screensaver on a on a Mac, yeah. right? And I was thinking about if people, if these photographers go out into nature to find the most beautiful things to like to capture those to put on our yeah. on our screens. Uh, if that's the purpose for it, or if they're just trying to capture like a great picture. No, there, and and that's the problem. And then, you know, and then, and then this goes back to the art conversation and the advertising conversation and all these things. Is they know they can make seventy-five dollars on that picture every time it gets used. Uh, so that's absolutely what they do. Yeah. Is they go look for the thing. I, you know, in New York, a buddy of mine is is a, is a member of the paparazzi. And there's always the piles of people, and they stand outside the London Hotel, and they wait for Iggy Azalea to walk out, and they go, Iggy, Iggy, snap, 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 and they sell that photo for $50. And, the, you know, if they get 10 photos in a day, then, you know, that's a good day. Okay, how about this? Do you think if someone is living that life, does, it, does Iggy Azalea, does she deserve privacy, or has she signed on to be the recipient of the paparazzi? Yeah, that's I think that it's so invasive and that it's so wrong to do that to people. Um, I don't care who you are. I don't care how famous you are. Stay away from these people. Um, um, well, you're in public, right? You're in public. You're a public figure. It's like, look, you know, there are boundaries to to it. Because because it's because the thing is, where do you draw the line? It's like it's cool when she's at the Grammy standing in front of the sheet to take the photo but then if she's walking in and out of the hotel it's not cool like you know it's it's tough um, I don't know I don't know either it's tough because you know I, I'm in an industry where I would love to or, be yeah. relevant enough to have people following me around trying to take photos of me no one's doing that to comics <laughs> well they did to Offerman there's literally there's Iggy really? the next person to walk out was Nick Offerman oh okay it's so funny um, I'm saying no one's doing that to a stand up comic like no one cares yeah, the way you've used the comics, but not but the ones that you know the ones the ones obviously make it are the ones who make who are in movies. Yeah, but there's that's way beyond like stand up. Sure. So no, no one is like getting 
uh, hounded by the paparazzi because their stand-up act is like no one like no one cares. Like Kevin Kevin Hart's like massive, but right. it's, it's obviously he's done a lot of stand-up. Yeah. Um, but his main exposure, the reason, the reason he's so visible in our culture is because of Nike and Boops. because of yeah. Boops. Well, back to porn okay. uh, and masturbation and that whole thing. The argument that was being, yeah, was this idea that it, that it, that it changes sex. But I don't know. For it does. For me, and I guess one of the one of the points in that conversation was about the expectation of sex now with porn. But I don't know, like. I mean, Isn't I, it all about information? I don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, I suppose, but it's like you have to understand that any new technology, um, and this, you know, pornography uh, in its current state has been around for quite a while, uh, right. for a well, couple, couple decades. Well, even but, sex, there's nothing new in sex. Yeah, there's nothing new in sex. We were doing orgies in, in the Renaissance period. You have to understand this, uh, specifically in this country with the kind of our puritanical roots. Um, people, like, sex has always been a very private thing. Obviously, it's been a part of art and a part of culture forever. Yeah. Uh, but I think that having access to, you know, uh, porn and seven people watching them get copious amounts of it over their plane from age 12 to whatever, yeah. uh, it really informs the way you view sex. Sure. And I agree the, that. the things that you do in sex where it's like, you, t- you take a, you know, a, 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 a Christian man who is a virgin until he's married and he has sex with you know his his wife, and uh, and it's righteous and God loves it or whatever. Um, they are not doing the things that are being seen in the like. Sure. I don't know. View, viewing all the stuff that goes on in there definitely uh, informs what, what we do. I but but so then but that's my but that's my um that's my my argument about information is like just you know like if you don't know. That people do this, 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 and that's even an option for you. Then you don't, you don't do it. If you haven't seen somebody, I don't know, go down on somebody, then you're just like, oh, that's not a bar. But that's a great part of sex. It is. But here's the thing: is I, I think, uh, generally speaking, I, I don't think that we are as curious as we should be. Uh, so yeah, okay. sex, sexually we should be curious. We should try things, right? Sure. But I think we're such social creatures, and we want uh, acceptance and to fit in so much that we need to see that other people are doing things first to sure. see if it's okay. Sure. Uh, that's how we are with our beliefs. That's yep. how we are with everything. I it's agree like with that. We, we look around. We go, "What is everyone else doing? I'll do that." Yeah. And uh, people are coming on each other's faces, so let's do that. Yeah, I've seen someone else do it. And, yeah. Uh, like, think about how much of a risk that would be if you didn't know how it went. You know, if you had never seen that happen, okay, uh, and you didn't know how, <coughs> you know, the the other your partner would respond to that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, well, you still don't know. You still you don't know, but you at least go like, hey, I've seen this happen <laughs> several times, and it worked out okay for that. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, so that's bad. It is bad if, if you. Uh, doesn't that get us? Doesn't that get us to a greater place? Doesn't that get get us to a, a sexual freedom that we should have? Um, do you support? You know, but do you support sexual freedom? I do, but I don't. When we're talking about pleasure and stuff, it's like uh, 
I think the American view of pleasure is like feeling the best all the time is what life should look like, right? Uh, eat the eat the stuff that tastes the best. Uh, do everything that makes you feel good. Yeah. We live in a convenience, comfort, pleasure culture, um, and that's what that's what all these corporations offer us is, is instant pleasure, right? Sure. Just what the click, you know, you click and you experience sex, right? Instant pleasure. Yeah. Um, I think that that is not freedom. I think that that is being a prisoner of your own desires. You know. Okay. And so, like, maybe freedom is getting past those. You know. I don't know. Do you uh, do you ever feel good after you watch more? You ever like? You ever? Well, like, I was trying. You ever, to... you ever close the browser and like go? Well, let's start the day. I don't feel bad. Yeah. That's literally how my day starts. No, no, no. You didn't answer the question. I said, do you ever feel good? Feeling not bad is not the same as feeling good. No, no. But I think, but I think there's this thing where people, where people, some people feel bad after they look at porn. Everybody, every comedian's got that joke about how uh, everything, everything in masturbation is a, you know, is 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 like a green light until until you come and then everything you just feel awful. But I don't know. I I, I use porn. The thing is, I use porn as a tool. To aid in masturbation, and that's really yeah. But are we deadening our imagination? Our, our, isn't our pineal gland being like glazed over by uh, the fact that we never imagine anything anymore? Maybe, but but I, you know, I, people I, don't read and people don't imagine when they're masturbating. And when the fuck are we ever supposed to have images in our head that are from us? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, if people are always projecting but, but, images at but it, you, like, but it's a, but it's also it's a byproduct of everything else that's happening around us. Like I'm not, you I know, know that, that's what I'm saying. Is like if you just consume all the images that are around you, but I don't think I don't think porn's worse than TV. It's the same. It's the same problem. It's the yeah. same byproduct. Yeah, and and uh, I mean if we're if we're talking about <clears throat> technology informing the way the way we speak and the way we, the decisions we make. Uh, television taught the English language to an entire generation. I know a fuck ton about the world through television. Really it's did. not real. It's real. <laughs> oh, I do. Uh, real quick, I wanted to say. Uh, just hearing, 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 hold on. Hearing Trace and people from Oklahoma say oil is so funny to oh. me. Because, yeah, it's just oil. They say it like it's uh, it's O I L. It's oil. It's not, it's one syllable. Oil. Oil. Which, they, yeah, they, they, they I, remember, I remember. Yeah, I remember Nate Bargatze and said, "Oh, oh." No, I was talking. I was. I talked about the podcast. The other one about about the vowels, the vowel thing. Vowels here, all screwed up. Uh, Christy was saying Tinder. She kept saying Tinder. Yeah. She's got was on a Tinder tour, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <coughs> and the cult. They kept saying cult. 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 When they were talking about going to visit the cult, they kept saying cult, and I was like, Are uh, you talking about like a like a like small horse? What are you talking about? It's a cult. It's a cult. We're gonna go join a cult. Um, um, but no, it's not real. TV's not real. But it's not real. Uh, again, a lot of my information that I have, whether it's real or not, like you know, everything everything that's written is based in a in in some historical context uh, and some you know some basis of reality, and all those things have have informed me. About the world in a lot of ways, and I'm not right or wrong. Here's here's what they need to I mean, do. Maybe it's wrong, but it's we are such an image-based culture that they need to sit kids down in school. I'm not saying don't watch stuff, but they never teach you how to critically watch things. They never teach you how to like. So if you're gonna watch something, if you're gonna watch NBC, know who's making this stuff. Like who's telling you this stuff? But everybody knows that now. No, they don't though. Um, so, 
I have to step. I live. I live I in a very. Think, I, I live in a very different environment. I know. Than you do. I know. Uh, you, you live. You live in Missouri, and I still think that that Christianity is not a big part of people's lives. And then we come out here. Okay. To, uh, out, and we come out to Springfield, and it's like, and it becomes a, a real problem. And people, our, say, and people say things to you like, "We're in the Bible Belt." Yes. And um, I, my theory is that the entire planet is the Bible Belt. Uh, and it may, it's not specifically the Bible, but other books like the Bible. Um, but the Bible globally, like, sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, on the way back from the Wild Earth Life Refuge, we went through the radio stations. Uh, yeah, I've some radio in Oklahoma. We, we counted how many Christian stations there were. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen out of forty-one. Yeah. That's huge for one genre. Of it's so funny what uh, makes what, what 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 is entertaining for you. Studying the culture. <laughs> I, I found it interesting that yeah, every every I did turn on the radio for uh, yesterday for the first time on this entire trip. That's what I thought was great. Me and Adam never never listened to radio. You and I haven't listened to radio yet. Uh, but it was the first time I was kind of alone uh, and and had a had like a, a little period of time to drive. And uh, I turned the radio and it was all. I mean, it was seven minutes and it felt like a day for you. It was all it was all it was all some sort of pundits uh, and they were basically just talking shit about. Um, Obama, like, uh, it's very strange. Um, and then there was the relationship advice guy. Um, but yeah, it was like mostly talk radio for some reason. It'd be funny. Yeah. It'd be funny if they make something. It's like people calling in about the troubles of the relationship. He's like, well, Obama really screwed over your relationship. <laughs> what, what do you expect <laughs> with Obama as president? <laughs> I wonder if people have better romantic relationships when the president of their party is in office. That that was something that's I don't remember where this came, but this is a, this is a real thing in my head. It was like, uh, yeah, people were getting laid. Like, it's a, actually, this is somebody's joke. I think people were getting laid. Like, the joke was like, people were getting laid when, when Clinton's in office. That's yeah, you know, things are good. People were getting laid, man. Then Bush gets yeah. then Bush gets in office, and it's just you know people get no. I think it was I think it was before that. I, someone has a bit where it's like. Talking about uh, some liber- I guess it was Jimmy Carter or something. Uh, but then, like Reagan, uh, so Bush and Reagan was like the, uh, the the. Then AIDS came about, and so the like sexual revolution was pre yeah. uh, conservative. Yeah. And then uh, and then AIDS was like a big deal. And they're not wrong. Yeah. Um, I told you we talked about this right. The, the first thing uh, I really I want to know more about Jimmy Carter because the first thing that uh, that that, uh, that Reagan did was take. The uh, solar panels off the White House, which Carter put on, so funny, so ridiculous, and that and that goes to speak. I mean, that that moment is the world that we that yeah, we yeah. grew up in, the world that we live in. You and I. Who can like on like you can like oil and you can like coal and that sort of thing, but like how is a like if they're already up, if there's already right. functioning solar panels right. on your roof, right? Why would you take them down, right? Money. I know it's a matter of like money. It's a symbol. Money, so. money, 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 money. He took him down yeah. and he got paid. Yeah. Uh, he, he put he, he he took him down and he put and he told and he said and he told the world that gas and oil are the thing. Yeah. I I don't have a uh, coal too. I haven't I haven't lived long enough to to see how things have changed right. a lot. Right. Uh, but I have a theory that people who are older and reminisce about the Reagan years or all that stuff are seriously, they have an emotional, uh, they they have an attachment to their youth. So they 
basically give credit to whoever was in office or whatever was happening culturally. Sure. But they just, what they're what they liked about the past was that they were young. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And they were like, hey, I felt so good, and now their bodies like like yeah. dying, and they're like, no, like, why can't things be like the '80s? Right. It's and like, my, my brain my brain goes where it always goes, and like, yeah, Reagan was in office, and people were getting blowjobs. And they remember those. They remember those. Those like those blowjobs in their in their Camaros. What is this person doing? Backing right. up a little. Yeah, they got off the wrong exit. Just do what you want here. All right. John, there was an accident um, on our way to Pops. There was an accident on the on ramp, and the people that got in the accident just got out of their cars. Did and you there, see yesterday? Was, things, it, was, was it the one up. that was upside down? No, no, no. No, I saw a car get upside down. Oh, well, that happens. That was a lot. And we went to that banjo museum, and it was cool, but it was a just banjo a banjo museum. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. It was cool, but it was just a bunch, of, like it was a bunch of banjos. The first eight minutes, you go through like this little like uh, anima, like animatronic, and it's just people going. Right. Uh, but then you just find out that the entire history of banjos is just super racist. So then, it, like, it's kind of that's hard, that's hard to the watch. it's so funny because that's the history of our entire country. I know. Seton Smith used to have this joke about how he he was. Uh, you can't really go back that far. He's from Georgia, and he'll be and he'll be like and he'll be like in this in this beautiful house in Georgia, and it's like a plantation house, and they're doing this, and he's like going through this tour, and and his brain and his you know I think his you know his, his brain he said he said his slave brain was like a slave built this house like he's yeah. it's, it's but it's like that's that's how awful our history is. It's so bad you can't even go back to like uh, you can't even really look at entertainment in this country. No, uh, like. Like, the biggest stuff, you gotta understand, like, the biggest thing, like, international phenomenon was minstrel shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, people painting their faces black yeah. and, like, all that stuff. And, um, we just have, like, those were the most talented people alive. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were more talented people that were still oppressed and didn't, like, couldn't become famous or whatever. Yeah. But, like, some really skilled musicians, and we just have to go, like, uh, we can't pay attention to them. Because they're all... I was in uh, I was in one of the record shops when you when you went to the library in Lexington. I was in one of the record shops with Adam, and we went to the we went to the hip hop shop, and um, it was very different than, than the shop that we were at. And um, and then he was talking about the genre of doo-wop, and I was talking about and I was trying to figure out like what what made doo-wop, and he was you know he had his, his theory and I had mine. But my big thing was that uh, most of those Italian singers. Um, all of those songs were written and half the time sung by black people, and they just put Italian people's faces on the music, yeah, yeah, yeah. and those people were getting paid, and you know, and, and the guys who really wrote the yeah. and who sang the song were getting paid pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's that was that was, and this was this is like in my parents' lifetime. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was like uh, thinking. We saw Get Out again yesterday, um, and I was just thinking about like. Maybe the reason America is so like mentally ill and crazy uh, is because we have no real identity. We stole everything. Sure. So maybe we're like we're constantly like, who, who are we? Um, and we're nothing. We're a, we stole a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And there's nothing that's really uniquely us. Um, Stand up is one of the things. Hip hop is another one of the things. Uh, at the banjo museum, they're like the the, the five string banjo is the only uniquely American instrument, right? Uh, which wow. me like, but the four-string banjo already existed. We just added one string to it, yeah. and that's what we call an invention of an instrument. Yeah. Wow. But the five-string banjo is better. Um. But yeah, I mean, but that's what we do. But how? But how? Except that already exists. Like you know, 
well, make it our own. We can we just consume it. We suck it all up. We take the life out of everything. But you're blaming you're blaming America for that. But like the, the, a lot of a lot of the world existed when, when we showed up here as, as British people. And no, it was a fresh start. We could have learned from all we, all of history. And we, we invented we, we invented a country. That's the thing that we invented. We took we took a place. We you know and we could have done anything with it. And we just we just stole a bunch of stuff and killed a bunch of people. Yeah. And uh, that was the whole base. That's what we built everything on top of. It's like no no wonder we're so cursed. You yeah. know no wonder we like we're such an empty like desperate you know uh, de depressed nation. It's because we look at how we like we built yeah. every the foundation of the country is is murder and slavery and yeah. That's well, the whole thing. No, the foundation of the country is big corporations, a big civilization, a big king, a big figure, uh, just taking and abusing a piece of land. That's what all the, yeah. that's what Oklahoma City is. It's, it's oil companies came, said we're the only job in town. You have to work for eight dollars, and that's the job. And then when oil goes bad, we were talking about it yesterday. Like they, they, they're acting like oil, like oil is bad right now. Like all oh, the the price of oil is fluctuating. It's still. Like like hand over fist, just money on top of money. I, I like the idea that like I know this is how oil works, but like the oil like goes bad. You're like, oh shit! Like it like spoils. We got so much oil. The oil spoils. Which is it's like getting all curdled. Yeah. Like, oh that's, that's no! Just gonna say, yeah, what color does it turn when it gets when it goes bad? It's like all. Uh, <laughs> like oh man, we left this oil out too long. Like once it gets over, once it gets past like like fifty billion years, that's when it starts to go bad. I'm confused. Are you talking about oil? I'm talking about oil. Or are you talking about oil? Oil. <laughs> so how do you feel about oil in your porn? <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried to write a, a bit a long time ago about how uh, basically a lot of comics have this joke about the shift between like uh, before you ejaculate and after you ejaculate. Right, this is what I'm saying. And so the joke was like, uh, you know, men specifically will do all sorts of things to get to that moment, and then you look back and you go, like, man, I can't believe I did all that stuff oh, to get to that. Shit. Right. And so then the analogy is like, that's what we're like. The oil is the earth's cum, and once we get it all out, we're gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe I can't, we killed that many people and like did that many things to get this. It's a good joke. It is kind of, but it. That's the problem I run into is like I, I can move good analogies, but they're uh, they're not necessarily funny, <laughs> you know. And then this is the problem with hanging out with you is uh, is now I'm like you know there's all this shit I want to talk about. And this idea in my head is oh, so funny a, to me. That's a problem. This tragic idea. Here's the thing. This tragic idea is so funny to me that like we think as people, and this came up last night, that we're the best person that's qualified to decide who we should date. And I think we're the worst. And I don't. And there's not. To me, it's funny because it's tragic. Because then who? Because then who? If you can't decide who you're good for because of all these blocks you set up, because you don't even say the thing that you mean to the person that you really feel this way to, and all these things, all these emotional things you that are built into you, you know, from your childhood and all throughout relationships, right? If you're not the best person, then who could it possibly be? And there's no real answer. So we're we're all just doomed. That's why it's all divorced and it's all uh, falling apart. Cause Pick the wrong people. Well, you know, you get two years in a relationship and you realize the person you're with is the same person you were with ten years ago, and 
you hear it's going to be the same problem. You're going to bump into it over and over again because you're because you're just you're, you're attaching yourself to something that you recognize, and now you realize this person sucks too. Yeah, but I for think, you, I think here's what's happening. It's like I think we are good at choosing the people uh, for us, but only who we are when we chose them, and then people change. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I haven't had relationships long enough where I've changed that much as a person that that, that I'm. Maybe I, you didn't know who you were when you chose. And I think that's the problem. Is I don't think we ever really know who we are. And as soon as we know who we are, we're somebody else. Well, but because I think, as soon as I we decide who we are, th- then you can either just sit in that in that well, moment. It's something that you decide. It's no, no. But once you, you decide, decide, once you think, no. But people do it all the time. People are stubborn. They're like, no, I don't do that. Yeah. I'm, I don't eat that thing. I don't. I don't think that way. I don't believe in that. Yeah. And you just stay in that spot. No, no. no I don't go out after this hour. That's not something that I'm involved. Sure. You just and then you just stay there. You sit. And and we were arguing this last night was about how. I think being stubborn, uh, and this is Melissa, this is all these, this whole conversation is Melissa, and so and then the, the idea was that being stubborn is like the path of least resistance, and I was like, no, to be stubborn I think is the hardest thing to do, and you're so af- but you're so afraid of change that you just decide not to, 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 to roll with the punches and to go with change is but the easiest thing to do. The reason we're stuck, I mean, and just back to that the rat incest thing, it's like, uh, People, you're gonna have to explain that. Okay, basically, rats have sex with their first cousins because it's a minor difference in genetics, so it's familiar enough that they. Uh, so anyway, so we have that all the time with uh, with things that are familiar. Things maybe not aren't that great in our lives, but we go at least I know it. Yeah, that's what Applebee's is. You go, it's not great, but at least, at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do with our stuff. It's way easier to be stubborn than to do something new because you know you you. Uh, you, have a, you, have, you have an educated guess alone, on how something's going to be. Alone, I agree with you. What do you mean? But when there are other people involved and you decide to be stubborn, which is when stubborn, you know, being stubborn really takes effect. Being stubborn when you're by yourself is not really being stubborn. It takes effect when somebody else wants you to do a thing. And for you to resist that so hard, that's that's hard. To go, no, I, think it's the deep, I think it's the default thing. I think it's like... Uh, it's scary. The unknown is frightening to me, and that, that's what we have to do. It's uh, become like, the default thing. I don't think it is the default thing. I think it is the default thing. I, I, no, it's become. You go, you you go know, way it, back. No. Okay, so hold on. Let's so, talk. Well, you're in a cave. That's what I was, I was about to bring up. A cave. You're not in the cave. You're outside of the cave. You know what's outside of the cave. Yeah. So do you go in or not? Oh no, I'm talking. You don't know no, what's ta- in there. I'm talking about you living in a cave. No, no, no. I go back to, to Neolithic man. Well, here's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm also talking about primitive. Okay. If you if you are outside of a cave, you look in the cave. It's dark. That's what a new experience is. That's yeah. what someone's saying. Hey, let's try this. Is. You don't know what's in there. Yeah. We are afraid of what's in there. We assume something dangerous is in there, yeah. not something that is rewarding. Uh, so we stay out of the cave. I think, once I, think we can, I think we can find analogies for all of the things that we're trying to prove. I think that's what's beautiful about sure. language. But. Um, but I'm saying the instinct is, uh, hey, I probably shouldn't go in there. Okay. That's for most people. But I think as an artist, okay, but you, uh, okay, let's you can, you know, hold on. As a creative person, you condition your brain to keep finding new information, keep having new experiences, uh, because that's what's exciting. That's what help, helps you grow. Right. Like, um, like, and, like sex and porn. Find new. I guess so, but eventually it just becomes the same thing. I mean, like, it becomes so familiar, you know? I don't know. But then, but, then, but then sex would be that then too. It, it can't become that, but you got to think about like, um, you, you have to think about the common experience of pornography. It's, it is a ritual experience. For who? Uh, for most people. Uh, it is, it is a, a 
very, there is a pattern of behavior, okay? And sure, you may be looking at new things or a new person or whatever, but the, the ritual of it, open your laptop, go to the site, you know, it has your favorites or whatever, you click on it, you do the, it's, you know, it's the same hand you always, like, and then you, uh, you close it. It is a very ritual experience. We like, and we like the privacy of it, we like the taboo of it, and we're addicted to all those things. You know? Yeah. It's not a new experience. It's the same experience over same and over and over again. It's a control, yeah, it's a control thing, yeah, for sure. Um, and that, so that's, you know, the way I view sexuality, it's like, um, there's a spectrum of sexual experiences, and sure, being with a new person, watching a new person, whatever, that's great, uh, but I think some of the most rewarding sex is, uh, when you get deeper and deeper into your understanding of the person that you're with. Right, but, that that, is, but, but that's where I separate sex, porn, and masturbation. Is the things that you're getting from porn and masturbation, you're never going to get... Well, it's very selfish. Like, the sex part, you're never going to get from the... Se- sex, at least, is a, is a mutual thing right. where uh, two people experience something together. Right. Uh, porn is very, very selfish. Right. Um, and it conditions us to be that way. It conditions like I want to. Now I, that that's a keen that that's a keen argument that, that could have been tossed in the last night that I that I would have agreed with. Well, it just goes like, hey, like I don't need other people. Uh, I can make myself feel good yep. in the privacy of my own. But like, think about all the things that had to go into having that experience. We built the we built the internet. We built we've got like silicon chips and these like this like really complicated arrangement. Yeah, like, yeah, but there's been porn for forever so that's just that's just a byproduct of the of the tools that we use it but I think whether or not we had a computer it's still you're still being you still be looking at a magazine sure. and you know and, and flipping back and forth and finding the page that you like and the one that, that turns you on and yeah. so so I don't know or drawing on a cave wall like event like there's always there's okay. always the ones and and the thing is, you're still using your imagination. You're either imagining that you're there. You're either imagining that, no, or, I, or if I, it's a magazine, you're imagining it's a, it's it's happening. You still put yourself in the situation. Uh, Two-dimensional uh, two images on a screen. Two-dimensional two moving images. Let me ask, well, so let, me, uh, let me ask you a specific question. When you're watching, you watch porn to masturbate. You don't. No. Never. I mean, I have. Okay, so when you I try to. so when you do, where 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 like what's the where where's the first person? Are, are you a, are you a dude in a closet watching these people, or are you are you one of the people in the scene? Where do you put yourself when you're doing that? I'm outside of it. All. You're outside of it all. Yeah. You're not imagining that you're that you're sleeping with the girl. Okay. I think a lot of people put themselves in the thing. There's a whole genre of porn called POV, which is which is point of view, which is you know they they film it as if it's your dick with the girl so there's an there's there's still elements of using your imagination there and storing those images kind of but uh, not as much I mean there's all the pieces are already there for you sure so you don't have to do anything you know but, I mean it's the difference between let's take take a movie and a book okay you have a book that's the same story as the movie, but you have to create all. You the cast pieces. the movie, right? You do the you uh, you do all the things it's in like your head. A book is just a, uh, is you know. So our 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 alphabet has twenty six letters. Uh, language on the written page is just an abstract set of symbols arranged in like. And the fact that we can create entire realities out of that is insane to me. That's amazing. And the fact that we've moved away from that is really upsetting. 
I, I don't know what these are. Do you uh, think language is gone? Do you think language is, is ruined by movies? That's a whole other argument. Um, no, I don't think language is ruined by, by, by movies, but I think our ability... Um, I think language and images are connected. I mean, that's literally what words are, is I say words that... Uh, describe. ...create images in your head. And, and describe images that exist. Yeah, and so our, for, our communication has... Um, has weakened because of because we're an image-based culture. So if you don't have the words to, to access sure. the images in some, like in your head or someone else's head, and you have to have the images provided to you, then uh, your perception of reality is, is very limited. Right. Well, we find that in stand-up all the time. Yeah. You want to? You, you know, we we had this argument with you know, about the Eric stuff. You know, Eric Anker, who was on this tour, the inception of this tour. Um, a lot of his jokes were, were sort of like solving yourself for the audience, and we would debate this point for what? For hours. They were solving yourself. He would, he would instead of saying the thing, the last thing, a lot of his punchlines were to not say the last yeah. thing so that the audience had to do the work. We would debate this point forever, but it's like, you know, as every year goes by, it's harder and harder to present that type of joke to people because of what uh, the entertainment yeah. they, they have in front of them. The, you have to say the thing. Yeah. The, well, the entire basis of you know comedy, even in our in our lives, when we when we talk, uh, speech and thought are at different speeds. Hopefully, I, I hope people think faster than they speak. You know, so when I'm speaking, you should be thinking and filling in what I'm about to say before I say it, and then surprise happens. That's what <coughs> comedy is. But I think because we're we're consumers of uh, media. We are being told stuff all the time, and we're not—we're waiting for the for the speaker to fill in the blanks, as opposed to being engaged and, and guessing. Yeah. We're, we're never guessing anymore. We're just waiting for us to be told. Yeah. And I think that that really affects the way that you look at things, the way you live. Right. You're just waiting for people to tell you stuff. Right. You know. It's weird. Okay, but if you know that, and you're an artist then wouldn't you want to use that information as a tool to get to the place that you want to get to? Because you know that, so then I've seen comedians say things that are untrue on purpose, uh, and the character is, is this is this world where they they sort of like, they, they project this sort of ignorance, but then make it very clear that they have all the information. So they initially project the ignorance to get the reaction. And then, and then, in 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 proving the ignorance, it's got, you know, it's like it's kind of like the Colbert Report. The guy pretended to be a Republican pundit, and you know, and then, you know, the whole time he was arguing the other side. Sure. There's a fake Republican. That, that's like, I think that's a higher level of entertainment than art because it's like there there's a disconnect between character and the mind behind the character. And that's what I'm saying that I don't think a lot of people that watch entertainment think about is like who's making this. It's really important who's say who's making it and who's behind the, right. the makers. Well, and so, that's what I heard on, on the Oklahoma thing. They took they, they went all day and, I don't, and I'm, I don't, I'm sorry I don't know which documentary it is, but they they spent like an hour uh, going to, uh, presenting pieces to break down this uh, the documentary about um, about uh, Mike Brown and cops not being arrested for violence and all sort of thing. And they just they just went went at it from all angles and tried to basically diminish this. Then the, the, the guy, you know, the guy had a higher agenda in making a documentary and then he was, you know, making up information. Um, 
but then all I was thinking about was the you know the intent of the person saying it on the thing. So it's like you know it's like both attacking both. Do you know the documentary? No, I don't know. Yeah, but it's important who's making this. Like uh, I I really want to watch these documentaries made by Steve Bannon. You know, okay. Steve Bannon. Yeah. Um, he made like ten documentaries over the past fifteen years. And I think it's really important for us to watch this to see how he views the world. That guy's got a lot of power right now, and I think he's kind of a psychopath. Um, I want to see what he thinks. Like, I don't know, he's, he's like an apocalyptic dude. Oh, man, I had a great realization there about, like, kind of uh, this whole doomsday mentality in our culture right now, and I think it's worldwide. Uh, I think it's basically, uh, it's really hard to explain, but it's like, um, basically the human race like marching into non-existence because the way that we live has no real value so life is does have meaning and value but not the way that we're doing it so we look around we're like that's where the apathy comes from is we're like uh, is it really worth continuing this this whole disease you know modern life yeah um and it's because we have we our cultures have all the wrong values so it's like we're we're basically so you're saying subconsciously intentionally marching towards non-existence because you're saying we're, you're, we're like it's kind of not worth you're saying people that believe in the apocalypse or people that are you talking about like literally like entertainment like like the the walking dead i mean it's all connected i'm sure so like people really think that things are we and we like this is objectively true we are uh if we continue doing things the way we if we don't change our behavior as a planet, we are marching towards non-existence. And I think as a race, human race, we're saying that's okay because life isn't that great the way that well, we're doing it. So then with this argument, you're almost saying that like some of this entertainment stuff... Remember we, had, remember we talked to the guy actually in Albuquerque last time we were here, and he said that the, the military was actively recruiting guys who played POV games and guys with the high scores yeah, yeah. and these people were desensitized to on-screen murder yeah. uh, and that's what they're looking for. It, I mean, it, is there an argument here that entertainment is trying to desensitize us to basically uh, mass sure. murder? Like, not mass murder, but like, if we were out of water, like, like we think we're like going catastrophe. to, people are going to die. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, I think... Uh, and we're going to have to be okay with that. And we're going to have to have the, the instinct to survive on our own and be fine that probably everybody that we've ever known will be dead at one point. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my favorite author, Don, Don DeLillo, talks a lot about, and he's been writing about this for decades, yeah. about the images of tragedy. Sure. And how they're all around us and we are all voyeurs of catastrophe. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just so much of the human experience now is just like my, my favorite scene in one of one of these books was uh, basically it was I think in Egypt or something uh, this like guy who you know how in these other countries these leaders are basically like viewed as deities where they like okay. pe people attach like spiritual not now but back no for real like right now, now? Yeah, oh yeah like, like Kim Jong Il and stuff like that yeah uh, yeah oh yeah they think he's God like, do they like yeah like, of course um, so anyway so. Uh, one of these like godlike dictators dies, uh, and people had attached so much importance to him, and he was such an important part of their life that like there are like three million people at his funeral. Yeah, and they're losing their minds because they just basically saw God, like yeah. they're seeing God's dead body. Yeah, to them. You're right. Uh, and so they're like, they're they're like they like get his body out of the 
casket. This is a real story? Yeah, this is real. And it, it was on the news and they're like, so like, in the story, the main character's watching this all happen and he's just like, uh, you know, enamored with this. What are they doing in the body? They're tearing it apart? What are they no, doing? No, they're like, they're, they want to touch it and they're all, these alive people are throwing themselves into his grave. They're all like fighting to get in his grave and stuff. It was crazy. But anyway. To die? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, but anyway, so it's like, uh, that's what we see now is like these huge, like, demonstrations of like, you know, when we, we can, I don't know, uh, the phenomenon of crowds is so interesting to me, Not especially on like, um, like on a, like a million person level. Yeah. It's like, uh, the behavior of the crowd is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that's what happens. My mentality. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. This goes back to the argument we had, uh, on the phone there with, uh, yeah. When 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 a hundred people kill somebody, is it you know? There's no murder. You uh, you were talking about this. This happened. Uh, oh, uh, well, the, 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 the hooligans. They oh. kill a referee. Oh yeah. yeah. Was that your Adam? Yeah, it was me. They kill a referee and then the stadium. And then they just go. Yeah. What are they going to arrest everybody? Nope. Just everybody goes home. That's the same thing like in school where it's like if everyone drops their pencil to you know mess with the substitute teacher. Yeah. Can everyone get in trouble for it? If everyone drops a pencil, when you get to send everyone to the principal's office, you know? Yeah, when it's, when it's 25 people, sure. You just, so they well, just you're gonna send the class to the... Yeah, well, I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, I don't know. I would. I, 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 I would have, but I would assume I'd have better control over my classroom. the same but it is I mean it's like it's it, there's gonna be seven of them yeah yeah there's always gonna be a, a drugstore uh, well hold on let me uh, so this was the game where we, we we drove by a thing and we we're like uh, it was kind of a nicer like strip mall yeah uh, and we were like let's predict what's gonna be here because everywhere you go it's the same kid uh, let's how right were you Nate we were pretty pretty right but let me s okay so imagine kind of like a it's in the suburbs yeah okay I'll give you one store there's a target here okay uh, but there's like Dozens of other things. Can oh, you, in, that, you, in that chunk? Yeah. Can you name five companies that are there? Well, there'll be a, there'll be a Home Depot or Lowe's. Home Depot and Lowe's. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, because when they when they drop a Target, then then usually like they'll drop a Walmart. Okay. Give me some food. So, so the, what's the, the food? One hundred percent. There's a McDonald's there. Okay. Um, McDonald's, but it, that was like kind of on the outskirts. Um, well, McDonald's. Because McDonald's, the one, McDonald's the one that always spent the money to figure out where to put stuff. Yeah. Burger King's whole, whole, you know, motto was that they would put, they would wait yeah. till McDonald's put a thing and then they would put the Burger King. Um, there was something like an Applebee's or a TGI Fridays. Okay. Or whatever the one in the town, you know, in sure. that town is. Toby they, Keith. There's a very obvious one. This is everywhere. Um, it's like one of the biggest things now. And we go, we go there sometimes. Um, for food. Way too expensive for what it is, but... Dairy Queen? No, Panera. Panera? Everywhere. Oh, see, I don't find that. But see, you're from St. Louis, though, yeah. so that's a whole other thing. So there's no, there's almost no Paneras on the East Coast. Oh, okay. Uh, there's one in Hoboken. There's one in Hoboken now, and that's the thing, and this is what this is why I know it, because people were like, oh, there's a Panera in Hoboken. People were coming from the city to go to the Panera in Hoboken. They knew that it was there. And now there's one in, in Manhattan, but there wasn't for like a yeah. long time. Yeah, uh, anyway, I so never. There, you see the same shit over and over again, um, and it's it, it's very frustrating to me. But 
that uh, it's all about how your brain is. So what we were talking about with new experiences, the cave. I like the cave. I like going into a new place. Uh, but I would say the I love it. I love diners. The majority, yeah, absolutely. But you also kind of know what you're going to get there, kind of. What? Well, you well know, no. You, there, Again, there's go, a familiarity. Well, with. it goes back to I know that it's not a great place for cuisine, so I'm going to get something that you can't mess up, like yeah. an egg. Sure. I'm going to get an egg. But anyway, uh, so I think eggs and potatoes. Uh, and the majority of people, uh, we like the familiar. And so I think there is a certain comfort to seeing the sure, Lowe's and sure. the Target. You can't, open up, you can't open up Andrew Frank's uh, burger shop in that town because you will be out of business within a year. Sure, because nobody's going to go to Andrew same, Frank's burger business. the same business. thing, and I have this too. And I, like, I'm, I'm always curious about new music, new comedy, new books and right. stuff. But there is a certain uh, weight. There's something that comes along with a name that you recognize. Sure. And so... If I'm Which looking, is the whole I'm, thing of I'm, advertising. If I'm looking at a comedy club, uh, and I and there's a headliner that I don't know. Uh, I should look the headliner up. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, oh, they don't have any it's names. A good club. But right. it's like, what it like? Like I could be great. But um, I think we like. I don't think this is the way that. But how, inter- I don't think how else are we supposed to process information? We can't know. assume everything's good, right. and we don't have enough time to well, waste. To, to make to give us a bad experience and waste our money, so it's like. I, but so I think we have. Do. I think we have enough time to investigate. Well, <coughs> sure. The, the how little effort people put into the entertainment that they. I mean, so I just okay. I just got booked on this uh, show in the middle of nowhere. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, and and the guy, the guy. Okay, the guy literally. He he messaged me. Hi, would you like to headline uh, this club in the middle of nowhere, uh, in Missouri? Uh, it told me the amount of money. Uh, and, I, and, and he said, no politics. Okay. He and said, I, no? Uh, I said, well, here's what I do. Uh, my religion is primarily, uh, my material is primarily religion, politics, science, and psychology. Um, I go, have you seen me before? He didn't answer that. He just goes, it's a conservative crowd, Christian Republicans. I go, I'm very familiar with the performing for Christian Republicans, but I just want to let you know, this is what I do. I talk about these things. And he goes, should be fine. And booked me. It's not going to be a good show, but he didn't put in the effort. So I'm going to go go in and do what I do. And I, I mean, I keep going to these. Exp- and I keep. But this going. is the room that you get the mic taken from you. Why do you take this gig? Because I I want to figure out a way to do it. I want to figure out a way to win. Now here here's what I understand. Now, uh, okay, so we had a whole conversation about how well. It's, it's, almost, a, it's a combination. No, no, it's of almost, like, it's almost like it's almost like you don't you don't support uh, the ways to to be successful in this business. Like you don't want to you don't want to attach you don't believe in advertising attaching their uh, their their name to a brand yes. or whatever. Right? Which, so, by the way, Get Out uh, the second time I saw it clearly sponsored by Microsoft. That's what I told you. The windows, everything, oh, wait, everything's yeah. windows. Yeah, yeah, I said that right in the middle of the movie. Um, no, but 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 you're taking someone's money that you know is going to be upset. So it's the same thing. <laughs> you're taking his money. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, but so I, you gotta understand that when you're in this business, you can't just you can't just be a fucking monk in this business. Yeah. So you gotta get over it. So you gotta understand well, what am I who you to are. Say no to shows that are like at, in conservative places. You I'm, know, if you know it's gonna be bad, you know they're gonna take the mic from you. If you know it's gonna be a bad show, no, I want to find a way to it. do it. I want to learn from all my prior experiences and find a way to do it my way and still put on a good show. You know, um, and that's fine. But but it's it's all part of the same thing. You, you you for you to have such a stance against 
you know, going and, and being in a payway ad where only your hands are in there because you can make $20. Uh, when your friend is the one shooting it, I mean, it, that's that's an odd stand, which, you know, and it, and it, and it got to this weird, you know, uh, point in the conversation well, that, I, that I think it, that I think is an overreaction. Let me, so let's skip over all of that. Yeah. The thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, um, now, mob mentality, uh, an audience being kind of wrong all the time, us all thinking that that what we're doing is right. In those, in those, in the world where you believe that, and I, and I, and I truly believe that people are generally wrong, and take people's opinions about things, you know, a lot of times is is, is a is a faulty response. Uh, so how do you feel about like? restaurant reviews or Yelp reviews, do you trust the reviews that you read? Do you trust if it got um, mostly it depends, good reviews? It depends, like subconsciously, uh, I mean, we're, we're all, it's it's just a, a matter of like how much effort you want to put into researching because like, I look, I mean, I looked up restaurants yesterday to go to and right. I, I did trust, I trusted the stars. So that's the thing, if, 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 if most people think it's good, doesn't that automatically, based on everything we just said, doesn't that automatically mean it's shit? Well, here's what I'll say, um, I think if we're talking about Things that are mental, things that are uh, ideological. Uh, yeah, I think the majority of people are wrong about most things. But you okay. were at Toby Keith's, and you and you said yeah. there's people here that love this food and they love it, or whatever. I like, so the, all I the, like the food. So too. all the people that went there. <laughs> so, so all the people that go there are they no, are they shit? Are they full no, no, no. shit? Here's what I was gonna Is say. the restaurant shit here's because people like say. it? Uh, when it comes to uh, more uh, the things that are like in the front of our brain, the more cerebral things. Um, I, I don't know if people have as much access to that stuff. The primitive shit, like, hey, this beef tastes good. I think they're very, they're, yum. they're very good at saying what Burger something tastes yum. good. Uh, so yes, I trust. But that's not what goes into the reviews. The, what goes into the reviews literally is like people are like, well, I came here and I just it took them 16 minutes to see my family. Isn't that isn't that how people rate a restaurant? Um, I guess so. Is the service? I guess so. Nobody just writes burger yum five stars on the goddamn review. Yeah. Never. But what I'm saying is I think that uh, people, I think our, t our tongues are, uh, I don't know, I think people know what tastes good. Okay, but but then let's speak to the people that actually write the reviews. It's, it's, I don't know who these people are. Well, let's think about it. It's, it's going to be the people on one extreme or the other. Nobody goes to things like, it's fine, and then they go review and go, it's fine. And with, they No, it's the only the people who are like, I fucking love this place, I have, or I have money staked in this place, or my sister works here, or they're like, listen, they fucking shit on my, shit on my plate and brought it out. Yeah. I know, I mean, uh, our apartment, my, I got a new apartment. And uh, all the reviews were bad, and I didn't care. We went in and saw it for ourselves. Okay, but you've also told me about like multiple problems. We, had. we did have cockroaches <laughs> two days into moving in, uh, and then we had to move to a different apartment. So, uh, so yeah. But I like like so we're in the same like complex. We just got a new room. So the whole thing. But well, you know where I keep landing on a lot of things when I have these when I have these large discussions is it's damned it's damned if you do damned if you don't you know we're all wrong we're all right you know questioning everything is great I, I like and, but the, then there's no that's, answer dude that's uh and so many people like this exist like their view on like things are just like little sayings like that like <laughs> right like what speaking bumper stickers what, whenever, whenever what, somebody whenever somebody says some shit like that to me I'm well, like you not can you not speak to me in bumper stickers? Damned if you do. Damned if you do. Damned well, if you don't. That's how we fucking elect presidents is on slogans, you know? Like, that's how no, you know we love slogans. Do you, know, do you know what's great is that 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 was Reagan's slogan. Yeah. 
he used the exact slogan that Reagan had. And I was going to do a joke about yeah, like this. Thing and it like, upset so many people. Like, it was like, there was no reaction to them. Because when I was like, oh, you know, that's the same slogan as Reagan. No reaction. Uh, Star Wars Episode Four and the new one, Force Awakens, are the same movie. We love the same stuff. The same movie. Yeah. Same exact movie. Yeah. Um, we just love it when it like it's like oh, but we love it when the same thing is separated by about thirty to thirty-five years. Yeah. Well, that was that was literally the uh, the basis of the Back to the Future movies. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking about like. Uh, I have that new joke about three-word slogans. I was thinking about like, why is it that a three-word slogan is, is so? Uh, why are we so attracted to it? And I think it's because now your uh, joke is about Black Lives Matter. It's about a lot. Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, support our troops. Those are the three that I have so far. There, there's more three-word slogans that I need to do. Uh, but I think it's because we can read a three-word slogan in an instant of a second. You read it before you even realize you're reading it. And uh, so we think a, a complex, uh, you know, we think something complex is being communicated, but it's not. It's, it's, it's something big being summarized in three words, and we like that. We, we eat more beef. Yeah. Or like, uh, what is it? Uh, Quick Trip has a slogan, fresh is good. Yeah. We just like, like, it's because we don't even have to read it. Yeah. You just, your your brain sees all the wor- those words and puts it Follow together. me to McDonald's. Yeah. Follow me to the McDonald's symbol. <laughs> well, that's, and that, like, honestly, if we're talking slogans, like, uh, logos and symbols, those communicate so much more, and there's no reading involved at all. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it, like, I, I think symbols, like, obviously they're valuable, but I think that they are a breakdown of communication because, uh, they do not mean the same thing to other people. And so that's where language stops. Sure. Is if, uh, okay, let's take the word America. That means something different for me than it does to you or for someone who's Native American or for someone who's okay. African American. What about, what about, what about, uh, it means something so different. We're all using this, the word God. All these things mean no, no, no. different. What about, what about apostrophe America? Yeah. That, that means, one. Uh, that means, that means well, I think very different. I think things the, the word the word America uh, is basically it's a very American thing where we uh, we embrace we like we have an ironic pride for our ignorance or our uh, our flaws, and that is a very uniquely American thing. Our humor is a lot of times us being like, "Well, we're this pieces of shit, but uh, whatever." Uh, this is great. They didn't even indoor name. Water park. They didn't even name it. They just call it indoor water park, and it's part of the Hampton. They just built a. It's pretty cool. It's literally just it's a greenhouse with with the uh, what is it called slides and water slides. Um, <coughs> what the slides grow bigger? It's like a greenhouse but for slides. <laughs> it's the sun and it's like the hugest slides. Wouldn't they shrink? Uh, I don't know. In the heat. Yeah, Click it or take it. But um. Oh yeah, I think it's a very American thing for us to be like, uh, you know, like I don't know, like we're putting the word America on our beer, you know, like yeah. Budweiser or whatever. Like, no, what's great about that? I mean, you, I mean, you know, right? It's not even, it's, it's not, not even an American product. Yeah, it's Wisconsin, Bel- in InBev, Belgium. Nah, InBev. I think, I think it's a Belgian company, Anheuser Busch. Um, I know. Uh, no, Anheuser Busch is an American company. InBev bought Anheuser Busch. Ten years ago, um, Anheuser Busch is the same as the, 
That's right. It's a huge thing. Right. I know. That, I've always lived in a place where there was a like uh, Baldwinsville. There's a Budweiser plant. I've always lived in places where there's where there's Budweiser. Columbus. Okay. Uh, there's a connection between the porn thing and the beer thing. We that's the same thing. We've bottled up chemicals uh, that you're supposed to go earn. You're supposed to go through activity. You're supposed to have dopamine be released in your head. We found a way to ferment liquid. Yeah, yeah, but you're acting like these are these are new things. Corn, beer, all this shit goes back. I know. Way before, like even even almost before civilization. Sure. And I, and I'm not saying that I haven't experienced those things, but I think it's a much uh, lower level of experience than when you naturally uh, have those chemicals. Same stuff. So like, uh, it's the same. It's comedy though. That's all comedy is. That's all doing what you love is. Yeah. Is jamming your body with the dopamine. But, but we get addicted to the wrong stuff. So like, so comedy actually makes me uh, a more thoughtful person, a more creative person, a uh, more adventurous person. There's, we're no, there's no way I'd be in Albuquerque going down with you right now if yeah. it wasn't for comedy. Yeah. It's like, it, uh, it has had a positive influence on my life. It pushes me in that direction. Right. Well, and for uh, you, you spend all day... And I get addicted you, to the, You spend all day working on an idea. Yeah. And that's the dopamine all day long. And then you, and then you get it out at night. Yeah. Um, and I think ultimately... Uh, and then we that, talk about the shows that, after. That's, so what, that's, but that's what's great about these trips yeah. is the is the full immersion in in this whole in this whole process. So and, and you can't and that's why we get so much better during these trips. Um, so that's but I think that's the process of, of love and it doesn't have to be with a person, it can be with something. It just uh process of I, love? I think, what? Yeah, so love is basically you being addicted to the chemicals that you experience from a certain thing, whether that be a person or an activity. But for it to be like uh, really fulfilling love, that whatever the, the person is or the thing that you're pursuing has to be uh, rich enough and like infinite enough for you to keep exploring. Uh, and I don't think alcohol is like that. I don't think porn is like that. So it's the same thing. It's the same. You're being pulled in that direction because you like the chemicals, uh, but there's nothing more you can get out of it. Right. Are you just gonna drink more alcohol? Right, but, feels, or right like but that's why watch I, weirder. But porn? that's why I say that, and that's that's why porn is a tool. It's a tool, but it, uh, and it's and it's not it's not a it prevents you from the real stuff. I don't think it does. I think it's. I think it's. Um, I mean, well, I, mean, I think it's exactly just, what we were saying about like uh, things may not be that great, but you go, it's good enough. I know what it's like. Let's not take a risk. That's what it is. Uh, you don't like if you regularly. I don't think porn is stopping people from falling in love. Yeah, you're. A, I think it is. You're a very confident person. You'll walk up to a woman. I think that technology has made us. Okay, it's gone off. In that's that's the thing I'm working on. Is this idea that nobody does it anymore? All, the only it's a, it's a it's a, we're already direction. we're already at the point where literally I have on my phone a thing that tells me all the girls in the area yeah. that want to talk to me. Sure. All of them, because I ask all of them. Hey, do you want to? Hey, 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 hi. Hey, yeah. you want to talk to me? And all of the girls that want to talk to me respond to me. Yeah. So and I now think, I'm done. I've already done all the work I need to do, and I haven't even left my fucking room. Yeah. I think um, it's gonna. There's there's positive things. There's, there's negative things too. So well, I think it's negative. Well, here's a positive for it. Uh, I think someone who uh, is, a, is a smart person may have a little social social anxiety, but has a lot. Hold on, but has a lot of potential for love. I haven't said anything. Don't cut me off from shaking my head. I saw your head. Uh, someone who is maybe a little more shy, 
uh, but someone who can be a good partner for someone. I don't know. Uh, would hold on. I don't have a better. Hold on. Wouldn't have the confidence to walk up to a person. So like basically, so they don't deserve that person. No. You have to. Be, you have to. Be, for you, you of all people who believes in bettering yourself, getting more information, doing these things to be. This is all part of, and it's not. It's not right. It's not Darwin. It's not natural selection. But in a way, it is. You. You have to make yourself a better person okay. for people. But like, here's what I'm saying. Uh, the way. Uh, sexuality has been for you know millions of years. It has rewarded the aggressive, and I don't know if uh, aggression is something that should be rewarded. That no, much. It, no, it rewards wealth. Sure, wealth, aggression, uh, and knowledge. It rewards these things. So, and I this is an old bit, but I never, I never, I never got far enough with it. But the idea was that the only read like that, that. Okay, so I, I, I didn't have heat, hot water, or power in my apartment for uh, for for one weekend. And this girl still she came still, and visited yeah. me, and I was still able to sleep with her, and that ruined all of my motivations to make myself a better person. Capitalism, all these things, is a response to I have to get pussy. This is the society that we that we've built like, as a as a the, the capitalism is built on a on a male-run society, for right or wrong. It's just the way that it is. And sure. these things are the ideals of these things are: if I have more money, if I have more power, more women will sleep with me, we, either yeah. by force or by choice. But either way, these people will sleep with me. And so now, do you see like the the negative porn argument where it's like now like now you have access to sexuality uh, and you did nothing. And you can just have it whenever you want it. Whenever you pull up that browser, you can have it. I think it makes us worse. Okay, but but you're a person who who watches porn and has has sex. You're not even factoring in the people that never sure. actually. So have I'm the, speaking, and I'm and I'm trying to specifically speak about me because I, it doesn't it doesn't affect me that way. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, there are people, but I don't think that those people are right for not leaving the house or trying to use porn as. As, as as sex, but that's where I had a problem with the argument. Well, where don't I was you think having. It's okay, so not only from okay, so you're watching you. Not only is it easy for you to access the porn as the viewer, you all you got to do is click a few things and then you're, then you're there. Uh, that's not how sex works in real life. And but also hold on, but prostitution has always been sure, there. Sure. So these people but, are the same you, people. But you also are talking about the same people that order a prostitute. Okay. But also when you look at the scenes that are being depicted in porn. The access to sex within the scene is so easy. Within a minute of the th of the scene starting, sex is happening. Well, no, that's that's, that's the way we consume it now. But uh, they they still make porn movies sure. where there's a plot, there's a thing, sure. and oh, I'm coming in the house, and oh, my wife's gone, and you know, and these things happen. But uh, but yeah, the way we can we can literally just pull up the first scene, boom, well, just that, a fist. That's, that's the phenomenon. A fist for into you. a like, hole. When we were uh, in Lincoln at that Sinclair, you you thought that you know old. Uh, lady at the, you know, behind the counter. You thought that it was a possibility you could have sex with her, and yeah. I'm saying that that is a completely warped view of reality. And that was, and that's what's so funny is the person that you were then and the person that you are now. I think are different people. I know because yeah. I think I think I think you're fully aware that that is an accessible thing now. You've like gotten it. on stage, said a bunch of things, and then had sex with people in that room. So you know that within an hour of meeting a person, okay, you well, can hang person, out on that Sinclair for an hour. No, no, but that, but that, but that's. I mean, you, you've gotten you've gotten laid from doing ten minutes of comedy, and that's I mean that's a that's a real accessible thing, and that's always been a thing. You can have sex with somebody. There's something fun about having sex with a stranger. Now I haven't done this. I've never done this. But but the the, the whole problem that I had, and the whole reason that it became a bigger issue was, I go. Did I think I could <laughs> I get sleep with that girl? I'm not going to. And Eric goes, yeah. And then you and Jordan go, there's no way. But you, and so you it became a bigger issue because it was like, yeah, I want to know that I can. Right. 
but that's still more important than the actual sex to you. It, it absolutely you is. And and a, lot said a lot that. of times you figure out that you can by actually doing it. But it's not the sex that's enjoyable, it's the fact that you know that you can. All, se- all generally, all sex that doesn't have that deeper connection, yes, is the same for yeah. me. Yeah. You either have a connection and that's incredible, or you don't, and then and then you just have the the one level, and then if you have the one. But again, that's I try to mitigate that, and I, I'm at a point in my life where I don't have sex with strangers. I don't have sex with people that it's not gonna where it's just gonna end. I try my best not to have anything that that can, you know. And we were talking about this whether or not we think uh, that there's that it's uh, you know that that even even some of my relationships that, that happen over the course of a year are still kind of a one night stand, just stretched out, but. Um, I try my best not to have those singular experiences. I don't. I don't think that they're the way to consume. And that's again the wrong word. Sex. Yeah. But uh, let me let me say this though. If, uh, if we're talking about like uh, a, a bunch of different relationships that are maybe short, uh, maybe there's no real reason to actually grow or change in a, in a positive way if you if you keep hopping around no I, no I think the opposite I think because I, because I'm questioning well, I monogamy you, I know you can do no, no, I'm questioning monogamy at this point in life because I don't know who I'm going to be good for who should be good for somebody this they can this gets in they can hear all this is who's good for somebody over a long period of time like if I'm changing every single day be- and it is it's because of new experience because of new people that I'm meeting but I get where you're coming from where you're like okay well I'm not trying to be better for but I'm only not trying to be better for a specific person I'm still trying to be globally better and I have two years you know me two years I'm a much different person I think I'm a better person I think a lot of things that, that I've been involved in I've seen uh, you know the, the error of my ways or you know or what the streamlined version of something is I, I critically think uh, way yeah. different than I used to I problem solve I have conflicts way different than I used to uh, and that's just over two years so why would I be why would I be good for the same person for, for over that period of time and why would that person be good for me uh, well I think why that person is good for you is because when you're really really deep into a relationship uh, and you're experiencing love uh, I think you end up seeing yourself different you, you end up seeing yourself through the perspective of someone who loves you and knows you um, and I think uh, I think time is something that allows for that to happen uh, whereas you know uh, sure you can make an impression of, of who you are with someone for a, for a week or a weekend with someone uh, but it, it's if someone's studying your behavior and you, you start to pick up on patterns and all this stuff uh, and that person still chooses to love you every day and, and you, uh, you end up basically you want to be the best person you can be for that person because that person is seeing you so yep. clearly you know well, and, that, and, and so that's... I think like I like real self-actualization uh, can't be done alone it can't be done it's not a singular thing it's something you have to experience sure. through uh, you loving other people and I other people loving you well, and that's and that's and that's what this whole experiment is. Where this is the you know this, this version of this open relationship from the standpoint of like in a, in another cir- circumstance, the circumstance where your relationship is, hey, we're together. You can't fuck anybody. You can't talk about liking anybody. Like when you remove that, then I think you get closer to, to real people. Because look, I think everybody knows that you're you know wherever you are in the world, you're going to interact with people that you have an attraction to and they have an attraction to you. If, if you work in a small office place, there's going to be somebody there that you have envisioned 
uh, being with this person that or they or they try to talk to you and it's like then you you know you slowly start slipping down this path of like saying less true things you know or you, you tell that person about problems you have in a relationship you don't bring home with you to the relationship person that you have that somebody is hitting on you because you know it'll upset them so once you remove that you get to a more honest open relationship with somebody and you go hey uh, you know like you know Melissa went on this thing that was basically a date and uh, and he kissed her and you know and she told me about it and and you know that, that doesn't upset me because we're actually telling each other more of who we are as as actual people and and that's the thing is like every relationship that I've been in where I felt like I had to lie I, it, it, I felt like every, those times were ultimately the demise of the relationship because this person is never going to know who I truly am. I have flaws and I need those people to understand what those flaws are for me to feel that this is a real and true and loving relationship. I, I, think I don't being, want somebody to I think, think I'm I think perfect. That's horrible. I think being honest about your flaws, like with someone that you actually love, kind of forces you to go fix those flaws. Sure. Because you don't want to keep have to keep reporting these mistakes and flaws sure. to this person. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It's like, um, you know, especially if it upsets the other person. So, like, I don't know, there are certain... Even if it doesn't. Even if it doesn't. Yeah. In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the circumstance that I put myself in, even if it doesn't. Like, the, the how many times I have to, you know, report on a thing, uh, you know, if it, be, if it becomes a pattern, then it really is. Then it's like you got to go, well, that's obviously me. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, and I don't, I don't think either of us have ever really experienced this. But say you're really locked in. Uh, you know that this person will love you no matter what. Um, I've been in that. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been I've been tested. Uh, how far can I walk this line, sure. and will he still love me? Yeah, I think this is a lot of um, like what marriages are, and why some of them fall apart, because there's no real incentive to improve or to grow, uh, because you know that that person won't leave you. Um, well, and I, I, and I think that's what that's what's inherently wrong with with the old concept of marriage. You couldn't legally get divorced you couldn't uh for your church if you got a divorce your church would, would uh wouldn't let you back your family would, would disown you so you had to deal with it which almost in a way was a better model yeah, because I, now I you actually, can literally just you just go well obviously listen you know i don't like the way you handled this thing so we're done forever i actually i i think and I don't, this is just a guess um but i think in most people's lives uh, when they're a little younger, when they were st still like really open and looking for love and then experiencing love, and that, that I think a lot of people are better people when they're younger than they turn into bad people. Um, I think sometimes, like as time moves on, you you, you end up getting really cynical or really you get uh, or hopeless or whatever. And I think uh, I don't know. I think a lot of, like I think there's a lot of people that are older right now that I wouldn't like as people. But if I met them when they were younger, I'd be like, yeah, I like this person. Okay. You know? Well, um, what happens? So what happens? I don't know. I don't know. They um, just decide that... I think that's the stubborn. I don't think it's a, I don't think I think it's they decide. I think they decide to not change anything because they fear... But I, but and anyway, so it's like the chasing love uh, and, and grabbing it sometimes. Like, I think that's a really healthy thing. And trying um, to be... You think you're always trying to be a person. But having it, like possessing love, which is what marriage is... Okay, I see your Possess argument. this person. You're trying to be a better person, trying maybe, to be a better person, maybe. trying to be a better person so that this person accepts you, yeah. and then once you have them, you go, okay, I got it. I'm going to get fat. Yep. I'm going to philander. Uh, we got kids. Yep. Uh, I found, you know... But that's what I'm talking about. Hopefully having children, you want to end up being the best person for those children. Uh, but I don't know... But that's what I'm talking about. The, prior, the priorities keep changing, right? So it's like... so. 
you know, at, at my point in my life, it's it's all it's yeah, it's all trying to be the best person for another person. It's all trying to attract another person, and that's the thing, and that's making me a better person. And I, I, I might even, based on this conversation, think that that's the better model. You're always trying to be a better person. You're always trying to be the thing at the top, and you know, whether it's the capitalist thing or the power thing or whatever, it's like you're always trying to get to another level. Once you get to a level where you can have everyone, then you stop being a better person. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's. I'm, and I end up bringing up this dude a lot. Like one of my favorite authors is Eric Fromm. He's this German psychologist, and his theory of love is he he basically it's this difference between um, it's uh, to be or to have. Okay, um, so he talks about being in love. It's a state of being, uh, or and same with creativity. It's like uh, you are being creative. You uh, it is an act. It is something that you actively do. Uh, you choose, to, and it's a skill that you build. Uh, whereas he talks about, like, in American culture specifically, we talk about owning things, we possess these things. So yeah. I, I have a car, yeah. you know, or I, but uh, he talks about it's so much more valuable to be than to have. You, know? you want me to be a car? No, I mean, it, it, it's an op- that's an object, but um, I don't know another example. But anyway, uh, he talks about people's identity being in the things that they have, as opposed to being in the things that they are. We, yeah, we created that. Um, and love is like that. So like love, like a lot of people, their identity is like, I have a wife. Yeah. It's like, no, you should be in a, a loving <coughs> union with this other person. Me and CJ were talking about lists. His wife has this bucket list. I don't make lists because I can just, if I if I decide that I want to do a thing, I go do the thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, and but that's the problem. Is, yeah, house, car, children, wife. These are the things we want to have. And it, But that's, again, that's a societal thing that we've invented. You said he's not an American writer? He's German. He's a German writer. So it's like, the same. Uh, like, like he, I guess he was writing from, like, uh, writing from, World War II is when he started writing. Yeah. And he died in the 80s. Yeah. That's crazy. So, again, the human experience is kind of the same. Through, and, again, back to this whole thing where, where it's all through civilizations. And, again, I don't know I don't know what an anarchist actually is, but I'm, <laughs> I'm worried that, that my idea that, that, I, that everything in, you know, in the world will play out better on Earth will play out better through pure chaos, I, you know, and, and lack of structure. Well, I, I, I really... But it depends on if people, like, uh, anarchy could work, uh, kind of, if people actually had what they needed. Uh, but if you basically don't give people what they need, and you just basically send them out into the wild, it turns into a worse form of what it is now. Which is just like people like it's all about resources, right? Uh, but I think that but people will figure out a way to get those resources, right? But and, and theoretically, in my head, I mean, obviously, there's way too many people on this planet. But in my head, there's less people, and and you know, you could provide for your small little sector chunk. Yeah. But then again, then then it gets back to grouping and civilization well, because civilizations make it easier to get the resources. But the resources are not ever divided evenly. Yeah. So even so, in my but anarchy but thing, the thing like, I'll send little drones out to go get my thing. Yeah. So not, you know, it's like I'm the little king of that world. Sure. So it's like no matter what, that's the human condition. But I, I think it like that's like uh, evolutionarily speaking, that that desire to like we never know when enough is enough. Right. When it comes to say food or uh, right. wealth is basically wealth right. basically. Money represents you can get anything with that stuff, so you can never have enough money because you can like you. Right. Uh, but uh, I think that that is very animal instinct. Where I think because we're more evolved now, uh, we're supposed to be applying that instinct to the to the higher things of life, like love or fulfillment or whatever. You can never have enough love. You can never have enough um, creative enjoyment. 
like you should have as much curiosity as ever. But uh, but you can't have enough food. We're gonna try to pick up the point. Uh, we just died. Coming to us gonna make a tour podcast. Uh, we're just gonna pick up the point, and then uh, and then and then we'll wrap the idea. Okay. What I was trying to say is that um, wealth. That, you can have enough money. Well, you can have enough. An- animals basically. Okay, when it comes to like a meal, uh, you animals never know when their next meal is gonna be. So if you find like a dead carcass of a buffalo, just eat the whole buffalo. Sure. Because you never know when the next thing is but, gonna be. So we never know when enough is enough. No, this is true. We go but, past the point. But this is true about animals. And this is a thing that I have a problem with Tess for a while was um, she she literally she would eat herself to death. She, never she got stuff out of the trash can. She ate a whole pile. She ate like a lo- an entire loaf of bread. And then I found that loaf of bread. Her body rejected it. Her, she she literally vomited up, or she would have died. Uh, she just ate until sure. she made herself sick. So anyway, there is an is that is that a, is that the, is that an animal condition? Yeah, because animals are not eating that, themselves to death all we, over the all but, over the planet. But we still have that too to an extent. Uh, we just apply it to much larger things. I'm saying we need to apply that instinct. <coughs> To right, the, to, the, to the good things in life. To things that enrich your brain, but we're never going to do that. I know. Well, I'm trying to do that. You are. Um, but, but you can't. But, you but what I'm saying is there's an objective point of like, okay, uh, you have enough stuff. You have enough wealth. You have enough food. You have enough safety. Those are great. It's Everyone should try to have some of those things. But like, we go way beyond that point. There is there is a point. But I don't think, we, like, that line, no one knows where that line is. And I think that there is a line. Enough, have... There is a certain point where it's like, okay, you have enough stuff. Stop doing all, like, stop consuming and acquiring so much stuff. But I think that once you get beyond that point, uh, you also you literally also think that a hundred thousand dollars provides for a family, Uh, not a family. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't know how things are. I've never had a family. (laughs) Um, But I'm saying that uh, the people that get beyond that point, they have too much. Uh, They've they're starving for the other stuff in life. That's true. So they just, uh, is he pulling you over I from get, in front yeah, of you? I guess so, yeah. No. He's telling me not to pass him. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, you have, I think that they actually overcompensate with the consuming wealth because they missed out on all the other stuff. You know, I mean, that's what, like, Citizen Kane is. Like, you ever seen Citizen Kane? Yeah, it's been a long time. I think he wants to pull me over. I kind of want to get the exit, and then just like, so he can't do anything. Because he can't go backwards, right? How fast were you going? No, he didn't like that I passed the guy on the inside. Oh, okay. But the truck was like an asshole. So I'm not wrong. Yeah. What has happened before? We're like, we're like I'm, I'm coming up on a cop, and then he like basically turns his back lights on. Yeah. So anyway, I think we're... Uh we have this great instinct to, to experience as much as we can. Uh, we just use it for the wrong stuff. All the time. Um, but that's, I don't know, man. It's like being a human, that's what we do, right? I, I, my point is, like, I think we want, uh, we want the better things in life. We don't know how to get them, so we settle for the other stuff. But there are ages, the age of enlightenment. There are ages, there are ages in, in civilizations where... We strive for more. We had too much. There was a surplus of things, a surplus of wealth, a surplus of minerals and things. So once we got past the the hunter gatherer mentality, we figured that we can build civilizations and things. Then we realized that uh, yeah, that that having knowledge is more important, uh, and, and and books and poetry and art. But where are we now? Are we at the point where we don't value art anymore? 
not not if there's not some sort of way to commodify it. Well, I think the problem that we're having is that um, no, but as an individual, don't we value art? I think the problem is, and this is the thing we're talking about, is that the level of art has gone down so drastically that we don't even know what's good anymore. I think a lot of people just think whatever is given to them is good. They expect for it to be good because it's being given to them. Well, they don't have because they, they don't know. But they don't. They don't, they, don't, they don't think about who's giving it to them. So, like in Get Out, there, day, uh, my my favorite part this time around was uh, the the blind guy. Uh, the first time that the character meets him, and he goes, "I uh, trust me, I understand it's the irony." Is a lot of foreshadowing. No. What? To to what's gonna happen? Uh, kind of, but because uh, he, he knows he's gonna that he's there for that reason. Yeah. Uh, but he goes, trust me, the irony isn't lost on me of being a blind art dealer. Yeah. That's what <clears throat> networks are. People who work for like these networks, they are blind art dealers. He, the, that character says... I've had those he, meetings. I've been in those meetings. He goes, where, where they say the thing to me he goes, that already exists. So, Chris... They're like, I was in a meeting with MTV and they said to me that we're trying to create something um, to that's similar to like uh, Adult Swim, where it's like uh, animated content. And I was like, well, I'm not interested in doing any of that. So I just, I love, you know, yeah. yeah. So, so but they wanted me to change myself to just give them that thing. So, uh, so the blind character, uh, he goes, I have an assistant tell me uh, what the thing is. He describes it to me. Uh, but he can't actually see it. And I think that's so much of like, uh, okay, so like, let's take like, uh, let's say NBC gives a deal to someone who has... He's like, doing it to everybody. He says, don't pass me. Um, let's say NBC is going to give a deal I think this cop's gonna try to pull me over in in, uh, in relation to the other cop. It's weird though. Uh, um, Communicate. The little cop buddy's just getting in front of that truck. That's weird. <clears throat> yeah, the whole thing's weird. Uh, so if NBC gives a deal, I think this guy's an asshole. But you're allowed to be an asshole because you're a cop. That's a whole other conversation. Look at him. He's gonna pass him on the left now. I don't. I don't think he's gonna pass him. He's gonna look. At him. He's doing it. I'm fucking. I'm getting off. So I'm getting off. We're gonna take a piss. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like any of the games. Yeah, let's get off with that. Yeah, so far, I'm like freaking out. I'm just, I don't like any of the games. Your buddy's not even behind you. This guy's not, but this fucking guy, this is all games to me. These are the same games that each fucking, that everybody else on the road plays, and he's a fucking cop. Somehow it's okay. Um, sorry. So, the character goes, this guy tells me that the pictures are good, and then I buy the pictures. Right. Uh, that's what NBC would do if they give someone uh, who has, you know, four million followers on Twitter. They go, well... Uh, I'm told that you're good because this many people like you. That's it. You get a million followers on any social media platform, you get a, you get a TV show. Yeah. That's where we're at. That's literally that's a, where we're that's at. A million customers. You know, that's a million people that might might buy Doritos. Which brings us back around to where we started. Which is why do you, like if you're cultivating that audience, what do you give a shit? what they do with it afterwards. If your audience is about you, and then somebody wants to pay you because you cultivated that audience, why are you upset by that? You did that, I'm that's just, your I'm work. I'm saying I don't wanna, I don't they're not, wanna. They're not gonna, they're not, they're not gonna take your audience, your audience is still gonna be your audience. Okay, but you have to understand, I want a relationship with my audience where they can trust me, and if I'm doing an ad for Doritos, can they really trust what I'm saying? Okay, but you know you're not gonna do an ad for Doritos. Well, you were taking it out on all of advertising. You're not gonna do an ad for Doritos. You know it you're doesn't not matter do who it's for. I don't want to speak for anybody else. I don't want to work for anybody. That's the whole thing. Not work, but you got to understand that the thing that you've picked. I'm getting up here. Uh, I've picked live entertainment. But I'm getting up here. I'm gonna fuck this guy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I have a. What's something? There's a, a fucking. There. There's a fire here. Oh no, it's just a, it's just a diesel truck. 
awful. Um, yeah, that, that's what diesel looks like going in there. But it's actually, it's actually, and I had this conversation with multiple people. It's actually, it's that. No, that's actually a fire. No, but diesel, uh, diesel burns. It's hilarious. It actually is a fire. Uh, diesel burns actually cleaner. It's okay. black smoke because more of the thing is being is being used. The the gasoline is. We're barely using any of it. We're barely burning any of it. It's not. It's not a uh, chicken plus tires. Yes. Sometimes you got to uh, eat a euro and buy a new set of Michelin's. Gonna diversify your portfolio. Look, we did. We did probably like an hour and a half on this podcast. We're probably gonna end up splitting it into two pieces. Uh, but I love this because this is this is kind of what all the discussions are on the, on on these trips. What's yeah, gonna be, what, actually, uh, all the discussions aren't funny. Yeah, this is what's, this is the problem with the Comedy Just Kept Secret podcast. It's, it's just comedians talking about tragic things. What's going to be amazing is is if we just shut if we shut this off, and then just sit in silence for the next two hours. It would it is funny like uh, part of like why I hate online content and like all that stuff is because I'm like I'm a serious person. I like I just talk about things, and so if this is what people think I am, they're like, oh, he's not funny. I think like, a, come see me live and see me tell real jokes. But I think that, I do think there's a place for it. I really do, and I, and there I is think, a place for it. and I and I think that um. I Come phone. see the jokes. It's all jokes. Mm-hmm. Whenever jokes. I perform, no, but I think the um, I have an all jokes performance uh, policy and a no jokes off stage policy. <laughs> but that's what makes no it, jokes. That's what makes us greatest people. Anyway, because uh, this is we can do a podcast on our way to Albuquerque. All right, see you. I uh, will pick another one of these episodes. We go Andrew Fine. Don't follow him on social media. He doesn't. You can't. Want, he doesn't want. You your, can try. He doesn't want your business.